Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. And I welcome you. Let us be happy, joyous, and free. I'm here with the amazing Kristen D'Amato, and we're going to talk about healing. And I really wanted to have Kristen on today because we need to heal. I need to heal. I am super, super depressed over what's happening in North Carolina. 3,400,000 animals left to drown in warehouses and nobody's talking about it. Now, am I also upset about what's happening to the people? Of course, they're not mutually exclusive. Uh, Everybody in North Carolina is suffering in that flood-ridden area, and my heart goes out to all of them. The people who live near these pig warehouses whose homes are flooded with manure because the manure lagoons overflowed, my heart goes out to them too. But what really gets me is that 3,400,000 sentient beings died and they died in warehouses that were abandoned and they had no escape and the water was rising and you can imagine their terror and horror and nobody will talk about it. The mainstream media has reduced animals to things. They are, in the words of Gary Yarofsky, not even victims anymore. They are just things. And if you mention it, somehow you've broken this unspoken rule and you are no longer a serious person and you can no longer be taken seriously because you have stepped away from the boundaries of where our compassion should end according to this sick society. And that should end at where humanity ends. And anything that goes past humanity, forget about it, verboten. Sure, you can care about pets and do stories about pets that were rescued or abandoned and found later, because that's really just an extension of what the humans are going through. But if you talk about these factory farm animals, it's like you have broken a code, a secret code in this society that says, these are just things. How dare you care about their suffering? That has left me very distressed for our world. I believe our society is morally bankrupt in this arena. And that's why having a healer like Kristen D'Amato on today is something that I personally really need. And I think a lot of the people that I've spoken to who also are, are just baffled at the callousness need help too. So Kristen, take it away. Um, talk to me about how we can deal with this gaping hole in our compassion. Well, the first thing that comes to mind for me is for everyone to just close their eyes for a minute and take a really deep breath. I can feel as you're talking, Jane, there's so much emotion and there's so much emotion that is, that is awoken in me by hearing you speak. Um, 
because this is this is a is a huge tragedy and it's a moment to be able to focus on our ourselves and where we're at right now and to not separate ourselves out from one another but as a human population as a whole to be able to drop into like okay this is a choice that was made and to just have a moment to like feel the emotion of that choice feel the impact of that choice allow yourself to be angry allow yourself to feel sadness and grief allow yourself to feel frustration Allow yourself to feel the frustration of feeling powerless at times. All of the emotions that this brings up, I know that just the moments of hearing Jane speak about this right now brings this like awful feeling in my belly and this like heaviness in my heart. So I want to invite you all to just have a moment to be present with that and to not try to go straight to your head with it, but to feel that for a moment and let that, let that move, let that be experienced and expressed for a moment. Giving yourself space to breathe and be gentle with yourself as you're feeling these emotions. Yeah. Give yourself permission to feel these emotions without projecting them out onto another person or situation. Just feel, simply feel. And taking one more nice deep breath and as you exhale, letting that Soften like a wave of, of soft, gentle love that goes over your whole body so that we can continue this conversation from a place of softness and vulnerability and tenderness. This is a really tender topic that we're talking about right now. It is. It is. And, and I like what you said because, you know, we always, or at least I, I'll speak in the present, Personally, I always try to go right to the solution. Mm -hmm. And I realize that this has left me flummoxed because I just can't understand the lack of compassion. Like, Mm -hmm. there are all these stories. The internet and news media is awash with these stories of people being reunited with their dogs and dogs being found on porches and all this kind-heartedness. Where's the kind-heartedness for 3,400,000 chickens and pigs and turkeys that were left in warehouses mm-hmm. to slowly drown to death? Why is it that we have, as a society, said, officially, almost, mm-hmm. we cannot care about these animals? That's true. And what are we going to do to change it? Yeah, there's a real divide between what is, like you're saying, between the things that are being eaten as we have to have that callousness and that separation so that we don't feel, so that we don't have to take responsibility about the implications of what it is to actually eat meat in our culture and always eat meat, but certainly it's gotten exponentially worse as we have grown on this planet as a population and we're not even connected to the spiritual part of taking a life at this point anymore like used to be the case in indigenous cultures 
Now, sure, there's a very small pocket of people who are connected with those practices still and, and fantastic. That's certainly on the right track. At least there's a connection there and they're honoring the animals. Um, it's certainly a step in the right direction. Would I prefer them to not eat any? Of course, but we, we're all different and we all have our different opinions. So I don't want to go into a place of judgment for them about that. However, the bigger conversation right here now is what has caused there to be such a disconnect Mm -hmm. from the fact that these are animals, they are living beings. And, you know, Jane, it was really interesting because when I got your email about confirming me coming on today and she had shared how many animals had died, I was, first of all, again, had a very emotional response. I was like, wow, that's really heavy. That's really intense. And then I thought about it a lot throughout the whole day and then the next day. And one of the things that a next question that came for me was, well, what's really interesting is that these animals are being raised just to kill anyways. Mm -hmm. And so it's like maybe a month earlier that they died in in a way that is different than what was intended. Is it any better or worse? Probably not. They're both terror situations for these animals. And I was left with the question of that, that bigger question of, well, what's going on here? The disconnect between the fact that these millions of animals are being raised simply just to kill. Wow. You know, this is such a huge separation from where I relate to animals. And I'm sure many of the listeners out there relate to animals. How do we bridge that gap? And to me, it's a question of awareness. It's a question of consciousness. It's a question of, I I mentioned this to Jane when I first met her, that how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so there's this question of being able to look at all the areas of a person's life. It's for us to start with ourselves and develop compassion with ourselves, inside of ourselves, for ourselves, and to be able to really anchor that frequency of love and for ourselves compassion for ourselves, non-judgment for ourselves, not being angry at ourselves, not judging and blaming ourselves for anything in our lives, and then be able to anchor that frequency and you start to have other people that you're modeling that for. It's one of many ways to be able to start to approach this change of awareness. Yeah, and by the way, if you want to ask Christian or myself a question, 866-472-5795, 866-472-5795, and I'd like to ask you a question. You talk about you have to have self-love first before you go out and tackle these problems. Why? And I don't really understand that. Like, okay, I'm an animal activist and a journalist, and every day I wake up and I go, what can I do to wake the world up to the fact that our biggest problem is the one that no media is talking about, and that is factory farming. It is destroying our planet. It's giving the entire planet a buzz cut. It is contributing to, therefore, habitat destruction, therefore, wildlife extinction. Mm-hmm. And because I don't even like to say meat anymore, eating animals is so inefficient. Uh, animals eat a lot more than they produce as food. It's contributing to human world hunger. It's also contributing to climate change, not just habitat destruction, but the warming of the planet. Mm -hmm. And it's contributing to human disease because processed meat, which is how most people eat a lot of their meat, Mm -hmm. is cancer causing. And red meat is a likely carcinogen. Mm -hmm. And it's the leading cause of heart disease. So for all those reasons, it is the biggest problem we face. 
And it's the problem that nobody in the media will discuss. And in fact, if you discuss it, they call you an idiot and crazy and weird Mm -hmm. because I feel like I am in the way back machine and I'm from the future and I was dropped into a medieval society where people are running around killing billions of animals and saying, this is great. Hey, and like, to me, it's crazy to me. Eating an animal is weird. Yeah. To me, um, keeping millions of animals in warehouses where they are never able to touch grass or see the sky Mm -hmm. is just a horror show of evil. Mm -hmm. And yet the smartest quote unquote smartest people on the planet denigrate you. If you even bring this subject up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you talk about self love and I'm like, okay, yeah, I do need to love myself, but how does that connect with what I just said? For sure. So first of all, just to clarify. Talk about that for a second while I'm going to get uh, my dog, because I think it's very important to have uh, an animal with us while we have this discussion. Yeah, okay. Usually I have, I have them all at the ready, but guess what? Today, they were taking baths. So Rico is very clean and he's naked. He doesn't even have his little jacket on right now. So go ahead. Tell me, tell me what your reaction to that is. Yeah. So first, first thing to say is that you don't have to do it first. It's a simultaneous process. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, okay, I need to do, it's not about that you need to fix yourself first. It's not about fixing. It's this simultaneous expansion and growth that happens. So as you're taking action, you're taking it from a place of more alignment than as you're taking inner, as you're taking action outside in the world, you are also simultaneously doing work and inquiring about what's going on in your inner world so that you're in more alignment as you're taking action. And what I mean by that or why that's even relevant is because if you approach, for me, everything, you know, everything is energy. That's a scientific fact. We know that. So for me, it's like if you take the story away from it, in this case, we'll say the pigs, that's our story. And you distill it down to the emotions, the energetics, the vibration of what is going on. What's going on there are these lower vibrations of shame, guilt, um, anger, these types of emotions that ideally we are wanting to be able to, especially shame and guilt, we're not wanting, we're wanting less of that on the planet. And so if you have, for example, us right now, who are wanting to talk about this issue, um, and you're talking about it from a way where you're judging the other people that are the ones that are eating the animals, for example, and you're, you're making, you're not making them, you're you're trying to shame them into their seeing that their choice is not a good choice. You're in fact going to be activating all of this shame that already lives inside of them. All of us have shame inside of us from, from growing up and living life on this planet as a, as a human. <laughs> so we all have that inside of us. My goal and how I'm walking through my days in the world and every interaction I have is to want to bring this feeling of, of increase, this feeling of love and support. And the way to do that is to be able to be willing to look at the places inside of yourself where you feel shame, 
where you feel out of alignment, where you feel out of integrity, which means out of alignment to me, um, where you feel that you haven't behaved in the best way that you've wanted to, either towards yourself or towards another person. And as you're addressing those and being honest with yourself about that and being honest about where you're at with your relationship to yourself, then you're able to have conversations like this with other people, let's say the ones eating the animals or the ones who have these farms that are from a place of much more neutrality and they're not feeling attacked. Okay, I want to ask a question about that. And I love this conversation. And actually, I thought that this would be a really good conversation for um, an animal rights conference. I just got back from Luxembourg in the International Animal Rights Conference. And uh, there were a lot of great speeches. And uh, some of them took your exact tack. Mm -hmm. And so here's my question that I had wished uh, that I had had an opportunity to ask people who are saying, don't come from judgment, don't shame people. Mm -hmm. A couple of questions, and you, I hope you don't mind if I'm provocative. Mm-hmm, sure. um, I was shamed into going vegan. I was a half-assed vegetarian, and uh, I was a journalist working at a local TV news station here in Los Angeles, and I interviewed Howard Lyman, the fourth-generation cattle rancher, who got very ill, and he made a pact with God. He knew that what he was doing was morally wrong, and he said, God, if you get me out of this surgery, I'm going to reveal the horrors of the animal industry that I've been involved with and my whole family's been involved with. He survived the surgery. He went on Oprah. He revealed all the horror stories. And that's when she famously said, that just stopped me cold from eating another burger. And the Cattlemen's Association sued her. She had to move her show to Texas. Anyway, Howard Lyman, this fourth generation cattle rancher who became a vegan activist. uh, And he's like a rancher. He's a cowboy. He's not like some person living in Venice, California with purple hair. Sure. He wrote a book called Mad Cowboy, and he's doing a book tour, and I interviewed him. And afterwards, he and his publicist came up to me, and they said, hey, we hear you're a vegetarian. I said, yes. And they said, so do you eat dairy? And I kind of hung my head because I had just heard all the stories about how they rip the mothers away from the babies so that we can steal the milk, and the boys become veal calves, and they're stuck in crates, never able to move to keep their flesh tender so we can slaughter them and have, like, uh, soft flesh and all these horror stories, mm-hmm. how they're all raped, none of these animals are making love, their their males are masturbated, they, they stick the semen up the male females with a fist. So I'd heard these stories, I was like, oh my God. So I hung my head and I said, yes. And they looked at me and they pointed their finger right at me and they said, liquid meat. I went vegan at that second. I was shamed into going vegan. Mm-hmm. Now, if they had just said, well, we hope you consider that uh, it might be a good thing for you to eliminate dairy and went on their merry way, it would have had the impact. Mm. But the fact that they confronted me and stuck their finger right in my nose had an impact. And I went, I went vegan at that moment and they did me a big favor. I would call it like an intervention. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I'm also a recovering alcoholic with 23 years of sobriety. I didn't have an intervention, but uh, I did hit bottom. <laughs> Making a fool of myself at a party in Hollywood. But the point is that um, maybe I should have had an intervention. You know, maybe that would have been a good thing. Um, Might have saved me 10 years. Uh, What is so wrong with that? It it seems like it can work with some people. Yeah. Well, I am an advocate of bold confrontation from a place of love. Loving, bold confrontation. That's how I work with all of my Mm. clients. 
Okay. It's holding, it's being the one who sees the truth and has the courage to speak the truth when somebody else doesn't want to hear it or doesn't want to see it. But I don't have an agenda except love. My agenda is for them to heal and have like the, the most beautiful, amazing experience of life on this planet for them to be the highest expression of themselves. And right now, people that are eating animals aren't, that's not the highest expression of a human being. It's not. I mean, look at this little dog. Okay. So in some cultures, they eat dogs and we just beat our chests and, and rightly so. And we try to rescue the dogs and we try to, we try to pass laws to prevent it from happening. But this little guy is no different than a pig. A pig actually has a higher IQ than dogs. IQ shouldn't matter because, I mean, if, if IQ were the determining factor of whether you could be slaughtered or not, then God forbid people who had severe um, mental uh, deficiencies, that would, that would leave them open to be slaughtered. I mean, that's sort of fascistic thinking. Uh, you know, that, that's the kind of thing that happened in Nazi Germany. So we shouldn't boil it down to IQ. Um, but um, just looking at this little guy, okay, if you were to do anything to this little guy, first of all, I'd come after you. No, if, with love. <laughs> but um, secondly, people would be horrified. So why love one and eat the other? And how do we get that message to people who feel that it's a personal choice and they're just making a choice and there's nothing morally wrong with it. It's just a personal choice to which I say, it's not just a personal choice when there's a victim. Yeah. That's but, true. but okay. So you're saying always come from a place of love. So you, you, ex you show people the videos of the horrors. You invite them to go to a vigil where they can see the animals going to slaughter. You, put out information about how it's destroying the environment and then you run into them and they're eating a steak at the corner or a, a burger at the corner store. How, when, so you're saying just, just remain loving. They don't make any improvement. They don't open up. They don't wake up and just, just remain loving. In order to remain loving in the way that I'm talking about, you as an individual need to do such deep, continuous inner work and growth and to anchor that frequency of love that I'm talking about. I mean, this is the ideal. We're, we're moving in the direction of unconditional love, which most people don't even have an idea of what that actually really is. Sometimes that word is thrown around, but to truly know what that means, to truly understand and love yourself in every way and every moment that you are. And to have there be a neutrality where you're not feeling that things are good, bad, good, evil in yourself or in the world that you see around you. That's, that's what I'm talking about moving towards. This is such a huge shift in consciousness for a person and for this planet. And there would never be eating animals. It wouldn't even be a question of eating animals if we were even this much more as a population in the direction of unconditional love that if we could understand and connect with that in ourselves in a true way and really know what that meant. So yes, I am saying to, to be the change you want to be, you know, to bring that, bring that expression out since it's used a lot and be able to truly think about what that means 
to be willing to not just project out onto everyone else all the time and to be able to look at what's going inside of me that I can improve more and love more, not judge myself more. And as you're doing that, that's how you interface with the world through these stages of opening and growth. It's a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong process and evolution. So coming from this place, you're then going and meeting people and taking bold actions, which I think are super important and giving them certain information at different times. And it's not about this like being soft and gentle. Sometimes being loving means me coming up to you and yelling in your face and shaking you. Wake up. It's not this idea that we have of being like soft and gentle and oh you know like that to me is not not, I mean maybe there's certain people that need that in certain moments but also that can be completely avoiding it and that is not love love is not avoiding the truth yeah I, I I say look our house is on fire so if god forbid our house is on fire you don't walk up and tap somebody and say hey I want to let you know the house is on fire you better get up you wake them up. You shake them and say, hey, throw them because I love you. I'm waking you up. Our <laughs> house is on fire. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, uh, that, that our house is on fire right now. These storms that we are seeing, the Hurricane Maria's, the Hurricane Florence's, they're becoming more frequent. They're becoming more intense. And that's because the waters are getting warmer. And that makes the storms more intense. And the water's getting warmer because the planet is getting warmer because of climate change, which is being caused in large part by animal agriculture. So when I say, when anybody in this movement says, look, animal agriculture is killing this planet, uh, we're saying it to help people. I don't even have grandchildren or children, human children. I got this, these little guys. I got three rescue dogs and a cat. But if I had children, or grandchildren, would I want them to live in a world that's a dystopia where it's just extreme weather and poverty and um, climate change refugees? You know, people, when they talk about the uh, immigration issue that's so in the news, they never mention the leading cause. They're climate change refugees. The area in the Northern Triangle in Latin America where they're coming from, they used to be subsistence farmers for generations, for eons. And because the weather is getting more extreme, going from extreme hot to extreme rain with not a nice, even temperate climate in between to grow crops, they can't live off the land anymore. And this is happening all over the world. Yeah, I want to ask you a question. Okay, yeah. So clearly you have so much fire and passion about this topic, Mm -hmm. and I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Everything you're saying, I agree with. Okay. How do you take this fire and passion out into the world without having there be judgment about it, without saying this or that, for example, is evil? It's like, I don't know. That's why we have you on today. Well, so, so and no, this is a real question that I want to ask and take a moment yeah. to sit with it because this is what I'm talking about. The fire and the passion you have creates change. That's yeah. a catalyst for change, yeah. but it doesn't have to include judgment in there. When the judgment comes in there, people close down and they mm-hmm. don't receive okay. their fire and All right. passion. Okay. All right. Well, I like this. This is like a therapy session. I, I like that. <laughs> um, 
I think that I'm going to have to think about that. And we've got to go to a break in 30 seconds. So what you're saying is you like the message, you like the content, but take out the anger. No. Anger is a, is a fuel take change. Out, okay. Take the judgment. out the judgment. Okay. So here's my dilemma with that. Yeah. Okay. So I covered crime for many years. I was a crime reporter mm-hmm. and you know, when people commit crime, like murdering another human, mm-hmm. they face justice mm-hmm. and they are judged. Yes. Okay. So if you're caught and the, and the jury decides, yeah, you did kill X, Y, Z, you killed that person. You are judged and you were sent to prison. There's judgment in justice. Mm-hmm. That's precisely what it is. They are judging you saying you are guilty. You committed this crime. So my dilemma is, why is that judgment okay? In my opinion, it's not. So if somebody murders somebody that you care about, you don't, you don't no, put no. them in prison? No. The challenge is who's doing the judging and where are they coming from, like in our justice system and like how, who gives, who gives one person the right to judge another? You know, do I think that they shouldn't have consequences for their actions? Absolutely not. No way. But... I think that maybe you can understand being in that, that world some, that there are also injustices in the justice system. Of and course. How, and of how course. it's the container of, of how course. it's held. Yeah. And so it's not, it's not this pure form, you know? No. Nor, nor will it be. So this is a great moment to take a break. Uh, I think we're having a fascinating conversation. If you want to join us, you can give us a call. And everybody's commenting on Facebook. We've got tons of questions and comments, but you can also call in 866-472-5795. And uh, we're going to stay live on Facebook, but take a break on the radio and be back in a couple of seconds. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron. Author, publisher, and life mentor broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You 
are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right. Welcome back. We've got some great comments. We are here with Kristen Nevada, an amazing healer, a vegan chef, and just extraordinary all-around person, author. By the way, we buried the lead. If you want to hear Kristen and ask her questions in person, she is going to be at the California Vegetarian Food Festival, which is this weekend, September 29th and 30th at Raleigh Studios in Hollywood, California. I'm going to be there speaking as well on September 29th. And so what, when are you going to be there? Like what time are you speaking? I'm going to be there on Sunday the 30th and I have two slots. One is a chef demo and then the other one is on the stage where I'm going to, the mind, body, spirit stage. And I'm going to be talking about physical health, spiritual wealth. And one of them is at 11 to 11.45. I believe that's the chef demo. And then one to um, one to one forty. I believe it is. And I'm going to be uh, there on September 29th. I believe I'm speaking around noon, uh, uh, possibly 2 p.m. I'm going to figure it out. But I'll be there. It's going to be fun. There's going to be tons of vendors, food. The food is great. There's music and Raleigh Studios, and there's plenty of parking. You know, sometimes you go to these events, you're, oh, the parking, no. There's a giant, giant uh, office parking structure. You just waltz right in. It's it's really fun. It's like Disneyland for uh, vegan food and <laughs> vegan everything. Clothes. I, I do all my shopping at, at VegFest. So it's the California Vegetarian Food Festival. So, okay, so Brooklyn Hudson, who is one of the producers of an amazing new vegan zombie movie that's coming out that I'm getting involved in because I think, I think it's a great, um, great way to appeal to kids and to teenagers and to all of us who just love zombie movies. Um, she says, start with health facts. The blinders fall off after they go plant-based for health first. Normalize veganism in the media, film, TV, etc. Push restaurants, including fast food, to include vegan options. Yes, all of that is happening. In fact, Taco Bell, I believe, just came out with a Beyond Meat. Um, Fat Burger has a Beyond Meat burger. They're all going to these plant-based options. Things are changing. They're not changing fast enough. Unfortunately, we are we are on a, a high-speed train toward ecological collapse. In eight years, there will be literally virtually no wildlife vertebrates left on this planet. That means no koala bears, no kangaroos, no hippos, no giraffes. We are just, I just want to explain it simply. If you have to feed, we're 7.6 billion humans. Our carbon footprint is actually not that big as human beings. It's who we're eating that has a big carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. 7.6 billion humans raise and kill 60 to 70 billion land animals not including fish every year. All those animals have to be fed, okay? We are destroying forests to grow crops to feed those animals. Now, people go, ooh, soy. 75% or more of soy is fed to farm animals, Mm -hmm. okay? Corn fed to farm animals. So when you see all these giant, you get in a plane and you get high and you look and it's just farmland, 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 Yeah, it looks pretty, but all that farmland used to be forests that don't exist anymore. Think of planet Earth, and we're giving planet Earth a buzz cut. We're cutting down all the trees. That is obviously causing habitat destruction. All the animals who used to live in those areas, dead. They have nowhere to go. Okay, 
And then it increases climate change because you don't have nature replenishing. And then all the animals produce methane and their excrement, which is much more than humans, pollutes. We're seeing that in North Carolina right now. And I'm coming from a place of love. Mm-hmm. I'm explaining this. Yeah, that's the passion and the facts. The passion Beautiful. and the facts. Yes, but no, you're right. I do get angry. I get angry because people who are super smart, who can understand the nuances of the um, Russia probe that has every day, there's a whole new wrinkle. I, just even as we're talking, there are new uh, breaking news alerts happening uh, on the computer. It's a very complicated story. They can understand every nuance of that, mm-hmm. but they can't make the connection between eating animals and the destruction of the planet. Well, they can, but they don't want to hear it. And we touched a little bit on this um, last week when we were talking mm-hmm. in that there is a fear of isolation that happens for people. And it's a very emotional internal, emotional, individual experience. And it's not about whether how smart you are or sometimes even the facts, though I think the facts are a fantastic place to start. Health facts. Um, But there's an emotional experience that happens inside for people. And if they feel like they're going to be isolated from their family, from their friends, from their culture, then they're afraid. And it produces fear. It produces fight or flight. It's not logical. And they would rather not go into that place of fear and fight or flight. It's just like, whoa, I don't even want to touch that. It's terrifying for me to touch that and think about what it would feel like to be alone, left out. And because it's our, it's our subconscious mind and our fight or flight brain that is reacting to this, it really feels like you're going to be like out on an iceberg all by yourself, alone to die. You know, so they don't want to separate out in any way. People don't want to be different from other people, most people. There's a lot of fear about that. And so that's where it comes from. And that's why to be able to ultimately create a deep understanding and awareness, that's where coming from that place of love happens. Yeah. And so I'm, if I move off for a second, because I'm looking at comments. Yeah. Now, somebody said the puppy is tired. No. Rico is the chill dog. I have other dogs and I don't bring them up because they're not as chill. They'll be barking and squirming, but he's just a really, really laid back dog. So he's very happy and he's been doing this for years and he's perfectly fine and he's on my lap right now. But others, you know, have said, my mom, Star Elliot says, my mom keeps thinking I'm judging her when I talk about animals, but when I talk to other people, I get them to go vegan easy and they thank me for helping them and not judging them. Mm-hmm. I think it's the individual that feels guilty and makes that as an excuse. Mm-hmm. I, will, right. I will also say I think it's a lot harder. Ironically, I have found it's so much harder to convince people that you're close to mm-hmm. to go to stop eating animals than it is to convince a stranger. Uh, and, and that's a tremendous source of frustration to me. What do you think? Because so many people share that. So many vegans are like, oh, my God, my family. It's made every holiday a torture session. Yep. I have to choose between either ignoring my family mm-hmm. or going there and staring at a big dead bird mm-hmm. who I know had a mother and wanted to live and was treated horribly and had their beak cut off and their their toes clipped and, you know, just torture and I've got to sit there and endure that or face the wrath of my family and be alienated for my family. So why do you think it's harder for 
people to convince their family and their, and their good friends than it is for them to convince strangers. Well, that goes to the piece I was just saying of that because you have that close, intimate connection, they are feeling, they're feeling that judgment from you. But really, like this person, I think Star was it said, um, is that they're judging themselves. So you're a reflection to them and you're someone close to them. So you're a very close reflection of them. You know them through a lot. And to show them such a close reflection of themselves is really scary for them. And they kind of just like can't handle it and will deal with it in different ways. Sometimes completely shut down, sometimes lash out and get angry, sometimes oftentimes project it back out onto you mm. and say, you're crazy, you're mm. wrong, you're the one who's bad. Oh, you know? late, my favorite is now the latest is your trauma. I'm, you're so traumatized. Yeah. Jane, take care of yourself. Right. So they'll push it back out on you because to actually allow that to sink in for them to actually feel in this case, actually feel, hear the truth of what you're saying without taking it personally and to just mm. hear like, what is it actually really mm. like to eat animals and take another being's life to eat it when I don't need that actually to survive. They so, like can't even go there because they're so hooked already on the fact that they're like of the, of the self-judgment and the guilt and the blame and all this stuff. And it triggers it all in them, not just about what they're eating, but about every single thing in their life and why they've made the choices that they've made throughout their life. And this goes into ancestral lineage stuff too. And habits and patterns and ways that we have been for generations in our families. Wow. Oh, we've got, do we still have a caller? Donna from LA? Donna from LA? Hello? Hi. Yes. Hi. 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 Hey, Kristen and Jane. Um, Kristen, I just want to say I love your approach. I love the, um, you know, the love-based, non-judgmental uh, approach to this. That's kind of how I try and do things. But I, I, I do have a question for you. I'm wondering, you know, there's a lot of very passionate people in the animal rights movement, like very passionate. And, you know, they like, for example, won't go to non-vegan restaurants or won't eat with people who are eating non-vegan food or whatever. And, and my view is to show based on, um, you know, to go to a non-vegan restaurant with non-vegan people and order a vegan option and let them see how wonderful it is. Let them see how happy you are. Let them see how good the food is. Um, but I feel like there's some people in the animal rights movement who, who sort of judge someone like myself for being willing to go to these types of places or to not get angry at the people who haven't become vegan yet, as I like to say, who haven't had the light bulb bomb. And I just, you know, I, I, sometimes it's frustrating to me and I don't know really how the best way to handle it is. Yeah, in my opinion, Donna, I, I feel like you're on a beautiful track and to keep doing that. And obviously we're all at different places in relationship to ourselves. And so you're, you're in a particular place in relationship to yourself where you feel the confidence and the motivation and the inspiration to go and do that and be sort of the walking example. I relate to that. I similarly like to, to create change in that way. Um, and other people aren't quite there yet. You know, this is like a big part of this whole conversation we're having. And I did a lot of social justice work when I was younger. I was very excited um, and had this passion, had a lot of 
a lot of anger. And I'm not saying anger is wrong. Anger is part of what fuels the passion. But I also had a lot of judgment and projected out a lot of blame Mm. and got very much like you're doing it wrong in people's face about stuff. And I realized through that experience over the years that there's a whole lot of passion about what's going on outside of themselves for certain people, but they're afraid and unwilling to look inside themselves at what's going on and do the work simultaneously. And that's what I'm speaking to. It's like, we're not creating change if we keep pointing fingers in one direction or the other. It doesn't matter what side we're on. You know, our government's a perfect example of this. It creates a stalemate. Mm. And I'm not interested in a stalemate and an interaction with an individual or a massive movement. What I'm interested in is change. Mm -hmm. And so to do that, it's like we need another box altogether. So how do you do that? Okay, so you're saying the passion's fine, even the anger's fine, but you don't like the judgment, even though in the criminal justice system, obviously, if you're caught murdering somebody. uh, Can you still hear me? Yes. Stealing. You can. Yes. Go ahead, Donna. I, I just want to say one one last thing is it's kind of for me it's like it's it's basically like living by example and yes. hoping that people you know on their own are witnessing your change and your the way your life is changing the way your personality is changing the way your love is changing and hopefully people will then see on their own and then they'll start asking questions on their own and I feel like that's when people become a little more open to it rather than forcing it on them forcing them to watch, you know, what they don't want to watch. I, and that's frustrating to me, trying to get people to watch the videos and they're unwilling. I totally get that. I hate it that they won't watch. But I can't force people until they're ready. And so I feel like living by example, sort of the love-based way that you're describing is just such a beautiful thing. And I, I'm just so grateful for you, for being on this planet and for sharing this with, with other people and, um, you know, helping them see the truth in a different way. And, and like I, Jane and I talk about all the time, there's all spokes in the wheel because people hear, hear messages differently, but I don't want to be judged for doing it the way that I, I'm comfortable doing it, which is leading by example versus, versus being more forceful. Yeah. Well, that's what you, yes. Everything you said, I fully agree with and beautiful <clears throat> Donna. I'm so excited that that's the approach that you're taking and you're actually demonstrating a perfect example right now where you are vegan and you're having other vegans judge you. So they're judging the non-vegans and they're judging you, the vegan. It's like, that's, that's what I'm talking about where it's like, there's not harmony and growth and expansion in that approach. There's just like, where's the next person I can find blame for? That's not going to work. You know, will it work in the short term? Sometimes with some people. So Abe Oria says, for me, it's hard not to judge somebody who's already watched all the documentaries and they know exactly what's going on and, and what they are doing. However, judging someone that doesn't know is much harder. But yes. Okay. So it's okay to be appropriately angry. Uh, it's okay to punish in a sense. I mean, the criminal justice system punishes people for doing something that society says is wrong. Mm-hmm. The, the reason why we have this gap is that society is not saying that it's wrong to kill animals. Oh, it's wrong to kill dogs. It's wrong to kill horses, even though that we do kill horses a lot. I mean, the Bureau of Land Management keeps rounding them up and, and chasing them off uh, uh, our public land so we can make room for cattle ranching. Um, but, uh, 
you're saying that there's some component of judgment that is wrong. And I'm trying to narrow that down because I'd love to eliminate that. I, I want to learn. I don't have all the answers. I want to become a more effective activist, but I'm still trying to figure out like, what is that piece in the recipe that we need to remove? Because in a sense, there is a, a mechanism in society for judgment. If you break the rules of society. Mm-hmm. So what I'm thinking of right now is my son, my almost nine-year-old son, and parenting him, and how ideally, now of course I don't always do this with grace, but ideally the way that I, that I attempt to give him consequences and teach him boundaries and consequences is not by shaming and guilting him, not by making him think he's bad or he has done something wrong, because that, there, let me rephrase that. He is bad or something is wrong with him or, you know, yeah. there's something wrong with him yeah, inherently. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing wrong with any of us inherently. No. no. As so, crazy yeah. as our different opinions are and the different extreme actions we take to harm other individuals and, and beings, there's nothing inherently wrong with us. So it's like my, my belief is that approaching setting consequences for for someone, for anyone, and that includes in our justice system, from a place of making someone feel that they are wrong. They're not wrong. The actions they did. Yeah, the actions, yes. But people hear that as, I'm bad, I'm wrong. And they've been hearing that since they came out Mm. into this world, from their families, because that's how they've learned and also from our society. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. It's right. Not. No, obviously. And that's the whole concept of redemption, you know, where uh, people can be redeemed even as they're going to, you know, face the worst consequences of their actions. And, and uh, I understand what you're saying. But what I'm trying to narrow down is we have just a couple of minutes left in this fascinating conversation, which I think a lot of vegans and animal activists relate to. Because there is this frustration yep. and you're saying, okay, you know, tell somebody when they're doing something wrong, but don't make them feel like they're inherently bad. You know, um, you can point out when somebody is doing something that is, is causing suffering, is causing death, is causing pain, that's completely unnecessary without saying you are an evil person. Um, so how do you parse that out? I mean, what's, how does the message change? So 3,400,000 animals were left to drown in warehouses Mm -hmm. and they're going to get an insurance write-off. And unless something dramatic happens, they're going to restock those animals into those warehouses to live miserable, tortured lives, castrated without anesthesia is standard industry practice, Mm -hmm. um, you know, ripped away from their mothers, kept in crates the size of their bodies. It's, it's a horror show. You know, you can't even show it. Mm-hmm. You can't even show it. They will shut it down. It's too graphic. They'll put up a warning. So it's hard to even show it to people because it's that bad. So how do you parse your message so that you're getting this important information for these poor voiceless animals that are sitting in these warehouses, either dying or just being born now to be shipped to these warehouses? How do we get justice for them? without shaming people and making them feel bad about themselves. 
sharing the facts like you someone had mentioned that and i feel like that's a fantastic way to do it is sharing both the facts of the animals themselves the climate change and the health i feel like health because people <laughs> do have that self interest in mind is a fantastic way to enter so having those conversations from a very matter of fact factual grounded place and then also each of you who feel passionate about this cause and who already are vegan to be willing to look inside of yourself and see where you blame and judge yourself where you feel that you're wrong and you're bad because every single one of us has parts of ourselves that feel that every one of us and to be I, willing I'm to constantly look. guilty I'm, i wake up but i'm guilty about everything i should be doing this no i should be doing this no i should be doing this well no, there's that this. and it goes really deep chain it goes really deep and when you start to be willing to look at that kind of stuff within yourself you will change immensely and people will feel it period matter of fact you can change a million people instantaneously mm. if you're in the spotlight by anchoring this vibration of light and awareness like dana was saying when she called in and you will change affect change in a completely different way and it's not about even having to try to do it for someone that's not the that's not the mm. pathway that's not how you do it you don't like she said make other people change you be that strength and be that that light in yourself and other people are going to respond to that period it will okay. happen so as we wrap up and this is such a great conversation i think you're amazing and i hope everybody comes to the california vegetarian food festival september 29th and you're speaking on september 30th which is sunday um how do you how do you switch i mean like you're saying don't judge yourself uh don't feel guilty don't um persecute yourself in a sense but how do you how do you even know when you're doing that like you get a lot of help you get a lot of support because seriously because you cannot see it's subconscious material it's your subconscious mind so you're so programmed and you are unconscious about those things happening as of now so the the idea is to get yourself to become more and more aware of what's going on so that then you're empowered to make different choices and the way you do that is to find somebody who can help reflect to you what the truth actually is and it's it's different for each person in terms of like what their story is and the story doesn't matter we all have these fundamental beliefs that we're not good enough we're unworthy we feel guilt and shame about different things and so it's finding somebody that you trust who has a skill set that can mirror that back to you and give you some tools and action plans and support you as you're starting to create new pathways and make change so that's what that's my work that's what i do i am super passionate about it and i love it and it's it's amazing i see it again and again and again working with people how the depth and the um continuance of change that happens it's something that lasts well i think this is an incredible conversation and i think it's important to have it i mean people who are every day trying to change this going to pig vigils where pigs are going to slaughter and bearing witness and looking at them it's difficult and um it's um something that does leave you uh i mean you'd be a sociopath if you weren't a little traumatized from that experience yeah. so um we do have to come up with ways to heal and not burn out and to remain vigilant 
and to grow and to be more attractive messengers. I mean, that's the main thing. To, 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 to deliver the message in such a way, find that magic formula mm-hmm. that people can hear it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they say, for example, it's attraction, not promotion. We've got about 10 seconds. You know, um, so when people are ready to hear something, they'll hear it. When they're not ready, they won't. So there's, there's a lot of dynamics. I don't have all the answers, but I will say that you've given me a lot of food for thought. I'm constantly trying to tailor my message and uh, I, I will listen to you and I will see how we can do it in a way that um, maybe is, you know, more uplifting that will um, will get people to change. So thank you for joining us. Our show is over on Voice America Radio. We've been listening to Kristen D'Amato and um Please join us every Monday, 10 a.m. Pacific. We have a different dynamic person on to talk about this most important subject on our planet right now. And I do thank you for listening. And uh, we are going to end uh, the broadcast and end the meeting. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.